Welcome to the Monday Minute of the Huntback Country Podcast. As usual, these are shorter and more informal episodes where we answer listener questions. Steve, how are you today? Good. Yeah, really good. Just uh, had the EXO Warehouse Christmas party on Friday night, which is super fun. Just kind of a bunch of EXO friends and family all come to the warehouse and had a Goodwood barbecue cater it, bring a bunch of pork and stuff. And uh, we you were there in spirit. I think Jake put a picture of you. <laughs> we cleared out a corner of it and put a bouncy house in the warehouse. And there was like a spot where you could put like a photo, like a, I don't, I'm sure it's for like a, like a, a disclaimer theme. Yeah, yeah. Safety theme, like a little clear vinyl thing with Velcro on it. And Jake put a picture of you. So you were there in, in spirit. Yeah. <laughs> I was monitoring the bounce house. Was the bounce house bouncer. Uh, yeah. But no, we had a really good time. It's crazy. Uh, the reality hitting a week from today is Christmas. So, spoiler mm. alert: next Monday we won't do a Monday minute because it'll be Christmas. Uh, but yeah, yeah, man, it's just crazy wild. Um, and then obviously New Year's. So, lots come with uh, 2024. Excited to get into it. New stuff with a podcast. Um, more to come. So, stay tuned for all that. Today, Steve, as usual, we have some listener questions. Um, I'll start with this one. This guy wrote in, basically said, how do you guys, speaking to us, of course, approach the winter months? He went on to say, between the lack of hunts, the cold weather, the short days, etc., I often feel like I lose motivation and excitement, but then often regret that I, quote unquote, wasted the winter when it's over and next hunting season is here. So is there anything you guys do to make sure you don't waste the winter months or use them strategically to help you guys out? So pretty wide open ended question. Uh, good question. What comes to mind for you, Steve? I understand what he's talking about for sure. It's just, there's that mental block of the shorter days and, you know, you'd start outside. Oh, I can't go do something. Uh, I just had that last I say like Wednesday night or something, put the kids to bed and it was eight 30 and I was kind of feeling, you know, like I should go for a hike. Like now it's dark. You know? <laughs> and like, I'm like, now what the hell am I doing? Like if it was summertime, you know, you know, cause it's light till 10 out, I'd be jumping out there in a heartbeat and doing it. And I just like, yeah, screw it. So grab my headlamp, uh, grabbed the Greta. My dog came with me and I just grabbed the, um, got the Darman Garmin, dog collar that gps on her so i could keep tabs on her you know because she there's a chucker and huns on the hill above our above my house sometimes so she'll you know she can get kind of far away chasing them and anyway did the hike and you know hour later i was back down here and felt fantastic and glad i did it and um so that's certainly yeah an example of what i'm doing i guess it's it's uh, there's definitely a more natural tendency to be lazy and uh, and I think it just depends on where you're at in the country and then try to another huge if and where you're at is, you know, get into winter sports, you know, cross country skiing, snowshoeing, just get out there and, and do stuff. If you're yeah, someone who's, you know, doesn't do any of that, then yeah, winter can be tough. But, right. And then, uh, yeah, some of it, the bummer thing about the Boise foothills where I do, 90% of my exercising between mountain biking and hiking this time of year, if it's actually been kind of 
uh, warm. So like if it'll it had been rain and then the trails get muddy and they don't dry out and makes it kind of tricky. So then you got to go early in the morning when everything's still frozen or like last week it had gotten cold enough back at nighttime when I went that everything started to harden up and wasn't a muddy mess anymore. Uh, you, I think you're just pretty routine, right? Like you're just 6am four or five days a week working out in your house and doesn't matter if it's summer or winter. Yeah. I try to keep on routine simply because like some people think that's discipline. I think it's the opposite because I don't have enough discipline to <laughs> not be on routine. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, winter for me, it, there, there's definitely times where it's hard to get out, but it's honestly, I'd rather get out in the cold than the heat really. Um, yeah. I think the hardest part is just getting out the door. It is just the, I don't even want to call it the motivation. It's just the decision of like, yeah, it's dark and it's cold. And the house is warm and comfortable. So getting outside doesn't sound great. But once you're out there doing it and moving, for me, it's like my favorite time because it's super easy to manage um, temperature, really. Like if you start, I mean, I'm like within five to 10 degrees, like no, just based on experience of like, okay, what activity, activity am I doing? What's not only the temperature, but like winds. And then it's just like, can be really comfortable you know not overheated mm -hmm. or overdressed and not you know too cold so yeah i mean it's kind of like the old adage of, like there's no such thing as bad weather just bad gear i think that applies to winter just because um it, especially with you know a lot of hunters or guys listening to our podcast are going to have good stuff so it's just it's not that it's uncomfortable it's just the decision to leave warmth and leave comfort and get out there and yeah. do it so it's uh a little bit of like it depends on the activity but um there are times where to your point steve like trails are in bad shape or things like that but i would also say don't one thing i try to do with like my winter activity or training is don't think that everything just has to be hunt specific right so i mean you know we both like to hike year round and I would say, you know, maybe like hike once a week is one of your workouts to just to maintain. But otherwise, like, yeah, if you enjoy doing something else or maybe even learning something new, um, get out and do it. Even if it doesn't seem specifically related to hunting, maybe that's a good thing to give you a, a break. And just don't feel like you have to like specifically on train your fitness, train for hunting in the winter. Like just stay active and don't try to like this guy said the word regress it made me think of um our buddy kyle camp who's the nutritionist we'll talk through the holidays about not trying to lose weight just make sure you don't gain weight so like he has this thing he calls mm -hmm. it like operation net zero and he'll say between like thanksgiving and new year's day there's all the holiday holidays and festivities and etc and a lot of people that's when they gain weight so just choose to like try and not gain any weight and like that alone is a good goal and i would say similar with like your winter fitness if you want to go hardcore and like gain a bunch of progress that's great otherwise i would say just try and stay active enough to like quote unquote stay in shape and so that you can hit it hard you know when the weather's better or something like that we did that podcast last week which hasn't aired yet with dustin from mountain tough fitness and you know he talked about intentionally doing things for um, just creating mental strength, right? Just being mentally tough. And, you know, it's obviously stuff we've talked about a lot in the past and through different episodes as well. And I think maybe wintertime for me is probably like every workout's like a little bit more, um, you got to 
tap into that like oh all right this is gonna it's cold outside it's gonna suck for the first five minutes you know uh, like my hike last that one night you know because it was probably back down in the 20s and um i generally dress pretty light because i know a quarter of the way up the hill i'm sweating and so it's kind of pointless to like put a really warm jacket on so it's like the first just takes a little bit to get warmed up but once you do you feel fantastic and uh yeah i one thing i i always do like a little mind trick i'll play is i have never ever regretted doing physical activity right like mm-hmm. once i'm done like no no i should have just stayed on the couch and watched football right like that doesn't exist so i always do that like if i'm battling like oh, i could be lazy and like no i'm gonna feel great i know i'm gonna feel great i don't want to do this at the, in the moment but the second i get started i know i'm gonna feel good um so just go do it and then for this guy like one another thing i like i bought a peloton bike which are their kind of indoor bike with a you know, you basically have like an instructor kind of class to follow. There's a big TV screen in front of you and they're not cheap, but I personally don't really put a lot of like, if it's like, because being staying in shape, fitness makes me feel better. I'm a better, like, I don't put a price to, Mm -hmm. I try not to be like, you know, to uh, pension pennies when it comes to fitness, right? Like the, the benefits far outweigh any, you know, costs and especially costs of, of money in my opinion so they're like three grand to, to get those or they were when i bought them but i uh it's a fantastic purchase that i summertime i go mountain bike in wintertime when it is a day where i can't get on the trails everything's muddy and whatnot uh those it's absolutely awesome to hype on hop on that bike and get a great workout and get creative right there's there's plenty of uh things that you can do to to uh to make sure you're staying you know active the other thing I've always done in the winter, and this is, you know, not training, but is more hunt specific. Um, I shouldn't say always, historically, <laughs> especially <laughs> in, in certain years. Um, just when it comes to shooting my bow is, I think that it's easy to overlook or underestimate the benefit of shooting indoors, like even blank bailing, like <laughs> shooting at three feet or six feet. Um, just working on shot process, shot execution, or if you've never tried, um, like shooting with a hinge release, for example, um, winter is just a great time to work on that, like stay in some repetition, work on your shot process, maybe work on target panic, uh, if you have it, or if you don't think you do have it, (laughs) but you've never gone through the process of like shooting the hinge, um, I, I would recommend that to every single bow hunter um, is trying that. I'm not saying hunt with a hinge, but if you've never shot with one or gone through that shot process or worked through that, uh, I think it would benefit you greatly. And winter is a perfect time to do that with a target at three feet, for example. Um, so that's another thing that you could really do. Uh, I just think it would be beneficial for every bow hunter if you've never gone through that. And that's something... I've historically done in the winter as well as just kind of work on that type of thing. And then obviously there's plenty to do, you know, outside of shooting and training, of course, just with research and planning, of course, application season, all that good stuff. Um, but even just looking ahead at like your family calendar, even and penciling in stuff and, you know, obviously we're all pretty good about scheduling dates for hunts, but it's like 
scheduling other things, like whether it's, I mean, a very practically and not fun, but like nerdy stuff like, oh, I need this this year, like need to get this house project done. Like when can I do that? So it's not going to affect hunting season or, you know, build in some time with family trips and things like that. So it's just, there's so much you can do outside of just training and shooting or quote unquote hunt specific things that can help you come hunting season. Cause you've already gotten like hunting dues out of the way and just logistics. So yeah, I just find like, I'm not a new year resolution guy, but I do find as we roll into a new calendar to just look at the year ahead and spend some time thinking about it, planning and yeah, make sure you aren't wasting the time or wasting the winter. Yeah. I do a lot of that. This, this time of year is essentially reflect back on this past year, lessons learned, um, things that I did do, you know, like I'll scroll through photos like, Oh yeah, we're camping here and stuff like that. And then just create yeah, more or less. Yeah. I mean, I said, it's not a new year's resolution, just goals for 2024, like, uh, go, you know, make sure I go on at least one vacation where it's just the wife and I go, uh, get the kids out camping five or six times, uh, create personal goals, you know, things like that to hit. And I think it's super important to do that type of stuff to keep you on task. Right. Uh, so you're not just kind of wasting as this guy you know, mentioned there at the beginning, like wasting time and all of a sudden winter goes by and you're like, oh, I didn't do anything. Um, it's pretty, pretty easy, especially in this world we're living to, to get lazy and just, you know, not accomplish anything. You mentioned scrolled through photos, Steve. I got Jen, my wife, a digital photo frame for Christmas, which I had to laugh at because I remember those were a thing, like when digital cameras first came out, it feels like a long time ago, they had really crappy digital photo frames. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I stumbled upon it, but, uh, you know, they have newer ones now that are like pull from the cloud and they have a really good high resolution screen. And like the one I got her is in a frame, like with a mat, like it looks like a real picture frame and not just some random screen. Anyway, I spent hours and hours and hours going through like our photos from the last, like everything from our childhood to, you know, we've been married, I don't know, I should know, somewhere between 15 and 20 years. (laughs) Uh, We've been married for that long. Uh, Anyway, I have 2,600 photos that I picked out to sync to. Holy cow. And and it's so fun. Like I just have it set up to change every five minutes. Um, But yeah, like to that point of just remembering stuff, like, oh gosh, it's so fun to have that. So random thing. Maybe it'd be a good gift for your wife. It was a great gift for mine. I gave it to her early because I couldn't wait because I'm that guy. Uh, but she's loved it. And of course, I snuck in some like hunting photos in there. Really cool landscapes. Fun memories for me to see. But yeah, it was a fun. That just made me think <laughs> of it when you said going through photos. That's cool. All right. Um, another guy wrote in. He said, I just finished listening to the Gear of the Year episode and enjoyed it. So thank you for that. My budget doesn't thank you, though, because now my wish list is that much longer. He said an item that was crucial for me this year was actually a small pocket Bible. The point is some hunts and hikes can go wrong and be tough. And I do almost all of my adventures solo. So at the end of a bad day, I'm pretty beat up away from my ham, away from my family and need some mental support and reading helped me with that. So it had me wondering, is there anything you guys do have carry or use to help keep your spirits up when it's maybe late at night or you're solo, you're wet, you're cold, you're exhausted, and you're just kind of down. 
Is there anything you turn to? I thought that was a cool question. Um, it mm. definitely stood out to me. I think this is like probably obvious to some, but worth highlighting for others. This guy's solo, and that alone makes I almost want to say the necessity to have something to turn to more important because you don't have someone to turn to, right? So, like, mm -hmm. I can think of you know the times we were wet and cold and stuck in the tent on my sheep hunt, but it's like, hey, I'm with somebody. We can share the misery, tell stories, pastime, etc. That's a totally different situation when you're solo. Um, so yeah, for you, Steve, uh, I I know some things that you do, but <laughs> elaborate. I think on yeah, just do you do anything strategically, either solo or not? But to just kind of like mental reset, keep you in it, fight through the grind, that type of thing. Yeah, no, I mean, I always default to scrolling through photos of the family, um, <laughs> as we just talked about a second ago. Uh, I think I do that a lot, just in the tent, just start scrolling through and reliving memories, you know, going back a couple of years, whatever. Um, I have recently, especially if it's like a late season hunt, um, where, you know, it's say it's dark by seven, but I'm not going to fall asleep till nine or ten. Then I've downloaded some movies to watch from my phone. Not a great idea if you're on like a week long hunt where you're killing a lot of phone battery, but for just a, a couple nights, it doesn't seem to be an issue. I think that's kind of about it, man. I, I certainly, if I've one cool thing about the in reach is you do get a like text. So I could, you know, if I'm maybe I'm texting you or texting Bashma or texting my wife back and forth, you know, just kind of chatting and hey, how, you know, ask my wife how the kids are doing, how the day went, stuff like that. Um, Sometimes that works in reverse though, because you want like mm -hmm. you miss the family, you want to get back to them. Yeah, yeah, those are good things. Um, obviously, most hunts I'm wanting to get away from the phone and technology, but on a solo hunt, like having a movie or a podcast, especially as you said, Steve, like later season, less daylight, more time in the tent, that can be helpful. Um, one thing, again, this maybe seem like totally obvious, but one thing I would do there um, is I would bring wired earphones like i see a lot of guys talk about bringing their airpods or like other earbuds or bluetooth or whatever but again to me that's like another battery to manage um so maybe go old school if you don't normally and bring like a simple pair of wired earbuds if you're going to do like a podcast or movie um reading like this guy mentioned his little pocket bible at something i do on every single hunt is have the kindle app on my phone and have some sort of book downloaded um again offline use works great with the kindle app it eats almost no battery life especially in the tents you know you just pull it up and have the battery or the screen brightness pretty low um so it doesn't really affect battery at all so i do that on every single hunt is have some sort of book downloaded offline um another one that i thought of and i, I ran into this with uh, a friend and he he was going into a solo hunt and we were exchanging some messages back and forth going into it. And um, like this was at the end of his hunting season and things had been slow and he was going in for like a final, I think it was like five days or something like that. And this topic came up of like this solo hunt into the season, feeling a bit dejected, hunting's been slow, yada, yada, yada. And I just sent him like a little note and I was like, man, when it, when you want to quit, just remember that 
if you come out early, you in all probability, like 90 plus percent chance will regret coming out early in some form or fashion. But if you stay in there and stick with it and give it all of the time you had available, even if you don't kill something, I just don't think you're going to regret doing that and putting that time in. Um, and he mentioned to me after the fact that like those words were helpful type thing. And he looked back at him through the hunt. And that just made me think even to yourself, like, <laughs> I don't know if you write a note to yourself, a message to yourself, a video to yourself, like, but something tangible that you can go back to like on a solo hunt that you've decided ahead of time. I don't care if this sucks and I'm wet and I'm cold and the hunting's slow. I'm going to stick this out. And I know we all have those thoughts, but I think there's something unique about having something tangible. Um, so again, whether it's a note in your phone, you can go back and pull up and read and you see where I wrote this message and said I was going to stick this out. I need to stick it out or maybe even like a video. I know that sounds really weird, but I think those tangible things and like going back to this commitment that you made just can be really helpful. Um, so that's something else that seems a uh, that came to mind to me for this guy's mm-hmm. question. All right. Um, we had one question come through. It actually came through uh, via SpeakPipe, but just for the sake of time, I'm going to uh, share the gist of it. And he asked if we had ever used any of the quote-unquote smart rangefinders that work uh, to be able to range things and drop waypoints. And so, Steve, I know that your EL range TAs do that. Uh, the SIG 8K... Uh, rangefinder I've used in the past does that and he was just asking if we've ever used those features um, which I'll let you elaborate here in a second Steve but this question also made me think of uh, we just recently did the podcast with Onyx and the compass mode and I really feel like the compass mode and Onyx and projecting a waypoint at distance in a direction almost replaces the need for a quote-unquote smart rangefinder that can range and drop waypoints, uh, which I didn't really equate those two till this question came up, and I was like, oh, the compass mode kind of solves that problem. Um, but for me to answer his question more directly, I haven't done it. I've owned rangefinders that are capable of it, like I mentioned that SIG, but their integration uses base map, and I just haven't used base map, so that's the reason I haven't really done it. Have you used that feature at all with your... EL range TA, Steve? I haven't. Um, yeah, I have never messed with it. The Rob that runs SNS for me, um, he has played with it. Obviously, he's he's on the phone with customers all day selling stuff. And so he's trying to, you know, needs to be able to talk about the features and stuff. And there, he has not had good luck with it, frankly, with the mm-hmm. Swarrow one. As far as it drops a waypoint out there, but it could be. It's, it hasn't been very accurate in his um, playing with it. I know he's taken it up on some hunts, done stuff at the office, run to the foothills in Boise, and just been, it's been very inconsistent as far as, you know, 50, could be 50 feet to the left, or like it, it's not like as precise as you would hope. Like if, uh, you know, you shot an animal and you want to go right where that is to start looking for blood, it's, it's, he wasn't getting those results. Maybe, you know, I'm not going to completely say it doesn't work. Um, maybe there was some updates they've done or things like that. This, I think, I don't think he's played with it for a year or two since that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But like to your point, compass mode, 
does everything you need to do and you're going to be, I think the only barrier would be not having um, any type of landmark from the aerial imagery to kind of give you a, you know, if I'm standing on a hill and I'm shooting across a canyon, okay, okay, that's 800 yards with the rangefinder, open up the app, point it at it. And, you know, you're just like cross-referencing what you're pointing at to the aerial imagery. Hopefully there's a rock or a tree or a clump of bushes, you know, anything to kind of just get you. I kept, yeah, that is the exact same spot that I'm hitting, that I'm seeing with my eye. Um, so that's, you know, essentially free in the in the Onyx app. Obviously, you got to pay for Onyx, but um, it's a pretty phenomenal feature. I think that's going to be better than the rangefinder ones. Could be, I don't know. Maybe the SIG one works fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't In my experience, I SIGs, um, hardware, you know, internal components and stuff like that have always just been really, really good, especially their, the ranging capabilities, the speed and precision that they produce. Cool guys. Well, that's a wrap for today's Monday minute. Uh, again, just upcoming things. We have a full podcast coming this Wednesday. We will not have a Monday minute, uh, on Monday on Christmas, but we'll be back at it right after that bunch of new episodes. We're recording, those state-specific episodes we mentioned prior with like the fish and game um, agencies from different states, still working on some of them, but have quite a few in the works. Some other great new guests lined up. Um, so a lot to come. And as always, if you have any questions, suggestions, guest suggestions, topic suggestions, etc., just send us an email to podcast at xmontgear.com. But thanks for tuning in. Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you soon.